What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Critics Corner Podcast, Yankee Weekly Recap Edition. Totally different vibe and energy coming off the week that the Yankees just had compared to last week's podcast where it was pretty doom and gloom. Uh, Yankees lost a game to the Orioles and then lost a series to Cleveland uh, and were like a game and a half, two games out of the wild card. And I was kind of talking about how maybe it's better for the Yankees to not make the playoffs and maybe, you know, because they'll be able to tear things up in the front office and maybe make some major roster changes. Now, don't get me wrong. I still think there are some changes that need to be made to this roster and to the front office, but I mean, what a great week for the New York Yankees, sweeping the Texas Rangers, and most importantly, sweeping the Boston Red Sox in Boston. Some very clutch moments from Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, the bullpen in general. Just a great weekend in Boston, and it was a series that the Yankees really needed to have, you know, being down. I think they... They entered the series down two games uh, behind Boston in the wild card. And we still, I believe, we sat in a wild card spot heading into that series. But obviously, you want to be able to host the wild card game just because, you know, it's a one game elimination type thing. And having home field advantage in that game is absolutely massive. The Yankees have played in it three times, all of them at home, going two and three. I think in uh, 2015, we lost to Houston. And then 2017, that great game against the Twins where we fell behind early and then DD hit that grand slam or clutch home run in the bottom of the first to tie it up. Um, and then we beat Oakland in like 2018. So the Yankees have a lot of familiarity with the, with the wildcard game, which is kind of unfortunate just because we haven't been able to really win the division that much of late. But... Nonetheless, we know how important it is to host that wildcard game versus going on the road. So winning this series against Boston was was absolutely massive. And obviously, you know, we still have a week left of the season. So time will tell if the Yankees even make the playoffs. Um, but I still obviously it was still massive to to win this series, to sweep the Red Sox in Boston. And I guess I can just pick up uh, where it started on Friday night. Um, Garrett Cole got the start and... You know, that's the guy you want to have on the mound uh, heading into a massive series like this. Interestingly enough, the Red Sox started Chris Sale on Thursday night when they could have started him on Friday against the Yankees. And, you know, you can make the argument that, well, you know, it doesn't really matter who you're playing against. All these games mean a lot anyway. So, you know, his start against the Mets was just as important as it was against the Yankees. And, and I tend to agree with that, but I do think that maybe... And obviously, you know, hindsight 2020, we saw how the series ended up going. Maybe if you start sale against Cole on Friday night, you get a different result if you're the Red Sox. But I wasn't complaining. You know, we'll take the win, obviously. Nathan Navaldi, who's still a great pitcher, got the start for Boston. Um, But, you know, back to Cole, he was able to, you know, he wasn't his super, he wasn't his normal superstar self, but he was able to kind of hang around and give a good quality start. Uh, the one blemish was that three-run homer by Devers in the bottom of the sixth, but that only made it 7-3, so you kind of felt like while it kind of got the Red Sox back into the game, as long as the bullpen was able to you know, do its job and close the door, I wasn't nervous when that home run was hit. 
Um, and, and Cole was able to finish off that sixth inning and finish off his line at 6.0 innings pitched, five hits, three runs, all of them earned, only three walks, which is okay, and then six strikeouts. So his ERA actually rose to a 3.08 after this game. So I think it's fair to say that Robbie Ray is probably going to win the American League Cy Young, which is really unfortunate. Uh, I, I think Cole is a much better pitcher than Robbie Ray. I know Robbie Ray is having a great season, but I mean, if, if you have the option of taking Garrett Cole or Robbie Ray for a one-game elimination game, who, who are you taking? You're taking Garrett Cole every time. He's been in those situations. He's pitched in the World Series. He came within a game of winning a World Series with Houston. You'd much rather have Garrett Cole. So, you know, even if he's not going to win the Cy Young, I still think he's the best pitcher in the American League. And I don't think it's that close. Um, you know, you got guys like Lance Lynn, who's been amazing of late, Carlos Rodon, and, you know, Robbie Ray. Who, they're all having great seasons and, you know, maybe a good couple season stretches. But you're still taking Garrett Cole in a one-game elimination matchup. So, um, yeah, Cole, Cole did what... He, he did his job in this start on Friday. Um, but really, you know, the Yankees absolutely set the tone for both this game and the entire weekend, in my opinion, on in the top of the first on Friday night. Uh, when, when they got it going in the first, Aaron Judge ripped an RBI double to the wall in dead center. Uh, and then Stanton had an RBI ground out and followed by a Glaber Torres two-out RBI single, making it 3-0 right away in the top of the first. Like I said, great way to just set the tone and let Boston know that we mean business. We don't care if this series is in Fenway, you know, raucous crowd, playoff environment. We're going to we're going to put up three runs against your best one of your best pitchers in the top of the first. Love the way the Yankees came out and really just set the tone like I said. And then in the third, the Yankees were able to strike for four more runs uh, to jump out to a 7-0 lead. That included a Giancarlo Stanton opposite field home run, three-run shot. Um his 32nd of the season. Uh, Higashioka had an RBI single, kind of, on a pop-up that was like just to the right of the mound, and somehow Kyle Schwarber did not catch it. It had like a 100% catch probability, um, and I mean, we saw a lot of it this weekend, but just a drop pop-up. No one even touched it. Uh, you know, it dropped between like two guys, three guys, uh, right to the right of the mound and the Yankees were able to score a run off it so because it didn't touch anybody's glove it counts as an RBI single and not an error even though obviously it, it really is an error but yeah that made it seven nothing Yankees uh, and like I said Boston mate was able to score three in the sixth off that uh, Rafael Devers home run off Garrett Cole but eh, it didn't really mean much and then Glaber was able to add an insurance run with a solo shot to dead center his eighth of the season uh, in the in the sixth, like I said, so um, that was a real, that was a bomb. You know, you know how hard it is to hit a home run to dead center in Fenway Park. So that was impressive. Glaber has really figured it out at the plate ever since moving over to uh, second base. I think there's a lot less stress on him. I know for a fact there there definitely comes with uh, playing shortstop comes with some stress. You know, it's a lot harder than second base. You got to make a lot a lot longer throws place you know to both sides um it, it it asks a lot of you and your arm strength and you also kind of have to be a leader in the field i think you know i think there's a direct correlation between glaber moving to second and his increased productivity at the plate and i think they were talking about on the sunday night game 
Uh, Glaber Torres was very excited when Aaron Boone told him that he's going to be moving to second. So I think he was also feeling that stretch. So the the move to the move from short to second has been great for everyone involved. Um, but great great win for the Yankees on Friday night. Eight three win it was never really close. Yankees had 15 hits in the game. Every starter had at least one. Um, and, and the pen was great. Holmes, Peralta, and Green all closed the door on Boston. They were not really able to get anything going besides that three-run home run by Devers. So great way to set the tone for the series. The Blue Jays lost as well to Minnesota on Friday night. So that moved the Yankees to within one game of the Boston Red Sox in the wildcard standings. The, the two rivals... Picked up the series again Saturday afternoon at four o'clock for the for the two teams. Um, Nestor Cortez, who, like I said last week, it's kind of been the Yankees' best pitcher this season, uh, outside of maybe Garrett Cole, um, but he's been our most consistent pitcher. I, I think that's quite fair to say. He did a good job on Saturday. He didn't provide a lot of length, but he still did. Just a solid job of keeping Boston off the board, kind of like he's done all season. He's just kept the Yankees in positions to win games. And from a guy like Nestor Cortez, that's all you can ask for. You're not going to ask for a complete game shutout or anything like that. You're not going to ask for a Garrett Cole-like start from Nestor Cortez. Um, He gave up a solo shot to Ploiecki in the third. And then when Michael King threw a wild pitch to score Schwarber in the bottom of the fifth, uh, that counted for a run toward Cortez because it was his runner on third. But anyway, uh, Cortez went 4.1 innings pitched, four hits, two runs, both of them earned, no walks, which is always good, and four strikeouts. So I say it all the time, but he did everything you can ask for. He left the game with the Yankees in a position to win the game. And as a starting pitcher, that's really what you strive to do, and anything else is extra. So just another good start by Cortez, in my opinion. The Yankees really had a hard time getting anything going on offense against Nick Pavetta. The Yankees didn't score until the sixth inning, and they were able to get on the board when Urshela scored on a Hansel Robles wild pitch to make it 2-1. Hansel Robles, one of the more questionable trade uh, trade deadline moves in the league. He's been pretty poor for Boston. Just ask their fans. Their bullpen is definitely their weak point, but I think Hansel Robles is a guy you circle as why, you know why they're struggling so badly in the pen uh, so that made it 2-1 Boston and then in the eighth uh, you know you've probably seen it by now but um, the Yankees were able to start the inning with a pair of strikeouts so two outs in the bottom of the, or in the top of the eighth and it kind of felt like we might not you know today might not be our day we're, you know, we're only down one like a solo shot could do it but two quick outs in this in the eighth was a little deflating but the Yankees themselves, did not get deflated whatsoever. Um, next up was Brett Gardner, who drew a walk, and then Aaron Judge also drew a walk. Anthony Rizzo was then hit by a pitch, and that set up Giancarlo Stanton with the bases loaded and two outs, and the Yankees trailing two to one. First pitch of the at bat, and I'm just going to let this clip play. This is from the Yes broadcast, and, and Michael K on the call. Best Yankee moment of the season 
by far, I still get goosebumps just watching that, and it happened two days ago. Uh, so many good things in that clip, you know, obviously the bomb, but the dugout reactions, all the superstars, Cole, Judge, losing their minds, um, Tyone losing his mind, and uh, my favorite was just the absolutely deflated Alex Cora on the Red Sox bench. Obviously, Cora is, you know, one of the more controversial managers in the uh, in the big leagues for, you know, orchestrating the Astros cheating ring and, um, you know, still being able to get a job. You know, the, the Red Sox fired him for a season, kind of put him on ad- administrative leave for him to serve his suspension. Of course, they hire him again because that kind of just, you know, speaks to the character of, of the Red Sox organization. But just seeing him absolutely deflated just gave me life. It made me so happy. Uh, what a moment for for Giancarlo Stanton and the Yankees, um, just electric. And that was actually the Stanton that made Stanton the first Yankee to hit a go-ahead grand slam in the eighth inning or later at Fenway Park since Johnny Blanchard in 1961. So interesting stat there. Um, the The Red Sox had brought in a left-hander. Uh, Hernandez to face Rizzo just before Stanton and after the game Stanton was asked you know what they were thinking when they brought him in and uh, what Stanton was thinking when they brought him in and he and Stanton said they better get him out well they did not get him out of that game and Stanton took absolute advantage with a, a grooved fastball right down the middle basically first pitch like I always say you know, if the first pitch is right there, I don't know why you're not swinging at it. It's it's the best pitch you're going to get in the entire at-bat, a fastball right down the middle. So Stanton took full advantage, absolute nuke into the Boston night. Uh, best moment of the season by far for the Yankees. And, uh, yeah, they gave them the lead, and they, they held on from there. The bullpen was lights out the whole night. Severino got his first win in two years. Uh, King, Litke, Severino, and Chapman were all solid. Chapman did give up that solo home run to Bobby Dahlbeck in the ninth, but it, it, it was meaningless um, at the end of the day. The Yankees had to win this series, and they already accomplished that on Saturday. So kind of anything that happened on Sunday was a little bit extra, but the Yankees were able to, you know, win another game on Sundays. They, they started with um, Jordan Montgomery on the mound on, on, on Sunday Night Baseball, he he was solid, you know, nothing great. Kind of a classic Jordan Montgomery start. Had some traffic on the bases, but he was still effective at limiting the scoring. Um, the only the only run he gave up was a a sack fly in the bottom of the fourth. So his line was five innings pitched, seven hits, which is a lot. Kind of speaks to that traffic on the bases. One run, it was earned. Zero walks. So good job controlling his command and then four strikeouts so he i think he got like those four strikeouts in the first two innings he was able to lower his era to a three four nine so good start from monty wasn't able to give us that length and you know he's that's kind of his issue is he doesn't necessarily give the yankees a ton of length but still a solid start from montgomery overall only giving up that one run in the fourth yankees offense was held in check by eduardo rodriguez but they were able to score two in the top of the fifth when Gio grounded into a double play, but the Yankees were able to score a run. He did that twice this weekend. Uh, that made it 2-1, and then DJ hit an, or sorry, that made it 1-1, and then DJ hit that clutch RBI single to right with two outs. Just a nice piece of hitting, taking in uh, a pitch that was out on the outer half of the plate and you know poked it the other way for a single and, score, and, and scored a run. 
The score remained 2-1 until the 7th when Jolie Rodriguez entered the game and quickly got himself into a second and third jam with no outs. So interestingly, uh, Clay Holmes had pitched the 6th and only threw 11 pitches. I think I believe he struck out the side. His sinker was looking nasty. And Boone took him out because he wanted Joely Rodriguez for the lefty-on-lefty matchups. It's always, you know, it's always going to be if Boone makes a decision to take a guy out and then the guy that comes in does poorly, it's always going to look bad on Boone. And then if he leaves the guy in and he does poorly, it's also going to look bad on Boone. So it's kind of a lose-lose situation for him there. This was obviously a loss. Uh, Second and third, no outs. Sack fly tied it at two. Then the Yankees brought in Chad Green, who got a strikeout for the second out. And then Schwarber popped up into foul territory, and DJ somehow dropped it. It looked like he overran it, went too far right, and maybe the ball was moving and and fell left to the left of him. So he he dropped an easy, should have been the third out of the inning, uh, undoubtedly. And then... Schwarber hit a a pretty routine fly ball to center. I don't really think there's any other way to put it. And I was nervous. I don't know why. I guess after that DJ drop pop-up, I was nervous. And Gallo just dropped it in left center, and it made it 3-2 Boston. Uh, my only thought, like, thought process on that is Judge was playing really deep, so he couldn't really have gotten there. Maybe Gallo dropped it because, you know, as he was running – you know, your head's bobbing up and down. Maybe he lost sight of the ball because um, it looked like it hit the heel of his glove. So maybe he kind of just mis- mistracked it and maybe it was the lighting, but they were saying on the broadcast it probably wasn't the lighting. So I don't know. Obviously unacceptable to have two just blatantly easy drop pop-ups in, the, in, the, in that inning to give Boston a 3-2 lead. But, you know, baseball, you know, karma is real and the baseball guards are real. You know, awarding Boston with a lead like that, they had to let the Yankees come back in in the top of the eighth. And, you know, Aaron Judge was able to rocket a two-run double to center. um, But it was only after a questionable foul foul tip call. Uh, So he had two strikes on him. He he basically hit a foul tip into the catcher's glove, uh, Christian Vasquez. And he caught it, but on the transfer, he dropped it. So really, it was a strike. It, it was strike three, like by the rule. He should have been out. But Joe West behind home plate called it a foul ball, and importantly, that is not a reviewable call. So they have to go with the call that was made on the field. They kept talking about it on the broadcast, like, "Oh, they should review that." Alex Cora should review that. Well, he can't. It's it's not a reviewable call. And of course, the next pitch, Aaron Judge hits a two-run double to center. That's just the baseball gods at work. Next pitch or next batter, sorry, Giancarlo Stanton came up. So the Yankees were already up four to two at that point, and, and then Stanton came up um, with a runner on second and one out. And I'm just going to play this clip again. This is the ESPN broadcast and Matt Vashkersian on the call. What an absolute missile of a home run from Stanton over the over the advertising on the Green Monster out of the stadium. 
That made it three home runs on the weekend and 10 RBIs for Giancarlo Stanton, the first Yankee to ever do that in a three-game series at Fenway. Undoubtedly the hitter of the week. Coming in massive for the Yankees. So fun to see him and Judge just at their best. It's The Yankees lineup is terrifying when they're on fire. And it was just so much fun to watch him this weekend. That made it 6-3 Yankees. And interestingly, I, I was a little curious on the decision from Alex Cora to bring in Adam Ottavino against Judge and Stanton. Just because he had pitched for the Yankees for like three years prior. And... You know, he only really has a fastball and a slider. And being on the same team as him, you know, being on the same team as Adovino for two years, you feel like Judge and Stanton kind of know what he's like. They probably faced him a lot in spring training and, like, live batting practice and stuff like that. They had another guy warming up. I think it was Ryan Brazier in the bullpen. He was a lefty. But I don't know I don't know who else they have in the pen. But Adam Adovino, the guy that played for the Yankees for quite a while, is that the right move in that situation? Obviously, it turned out very poorly for them. And I think, you know, I'm justified in thinking that they should not have brought in a pitcher that pitched for the Yankees. These guys know everything about Ottavino. So, I mean, I'll take it, obviously. But uh, interesting call from Cora there. Just kind of compiles on the, the bullpen misery that has been for the Red Sox this season. We obviously don't care. We will take it. Yankees win the game 6-3 after a huge eighth inning. Chapman comes in in the ninth and shuts the door. Great, great weekend for the Yankees. Um, Sweeping the Red Sox. Can't believe it. You know, then they started the week a game and a half back in the wild card. Ended the week a game up in the wild card. Um, Obviously, there's still a lot of work to be done. They have an off day Monday before playing three in Toronto, where the Yankees always struggle, and then three at home versus Tampa on the weekend. We don't know if Tampa is going to have anything to play for at that point, because they pretty much have the best record in the American League locked up. So obviously it's kind of hard to just not try in baseball, but we'll, it will be interesting to see if they rest starters on the weekend, uh, just because it's kind of going to be a meaningless series for Tampa. But we all know they absolutely hate the Yankees, so we could see um, the Red Sox going full board just to you know keep the Yankees out of the playoffs or whatever it may be. Uh, the Yankees currently sit one game up in the wild card, two over Boston, two games over Toronto, and three over Seattle. So it's a very tight race in the American League wild card. Pretty much the only playoff race we have going in the big leagues right now. Um, so it's you know must watch TV for an entire week. Uh, really not many games on Monday, but Tuesday through Sunday, it's going to be a lot of exciting baseball to be played. And obviously, I still have to talk about the Texas series that, you know, I'll go through this one a lot quicker. Uh, but the Yankees, you know, I mentioned it on Sunday's podcast last week that the Yankees just have to, have to absolutely take advantage of playing bad teams like Texas. It's It was our last easy series of the year. And the Yankees were able to do just that uh, on, on Monday night. Um... They won 4-3. to three. Cortez was on the mound. He wasn't as sharp as he normally is. The Rangers hopped on him for 3 in the 5th to knock him out of the game. Uh, he, he, Like I said, he's been really good for the Yankees this season. Not on Monday, but he, again, left the Yankees in a position to win the game. He pitched 4.1 innings, 5 hits, 3 runs, all of them earned. 2 walks and a nice 7 strikeouts from Nestor on Monday. Um, the Yankees' bats started early but actually failed to score after the third. 
Gary got things going for his a solo shot, his 22nd of the year, to give the Yankees a 1-0 lead. In the third, Judge hit an RBI single up the middle. Stanton hit a sack fly, and then Torres hit an RBI single to make it 4-0 Yankees. Already talked about Torres and how he's been really uh, just picked it up a lot since moving over to second base. The pen. The pen was the absolute main reason the Yankees won this game. Green, Holmes, Rodriguez, and Chapman all pitched and didn't give up a single run coming in uh, following up Nestor Cortez's outing. 4-3 win for the Yankees. Too close for comfort against a team that's as bad as the Rangers, but you take it. You know, A win is a win at that point. Uh, coming off a bad series against Cleveland, a win is definitely a win. Uh, on Tuesday night, the Yankees won 7-1 against Texas. Montgomery got the start. He did a great job. He shut down Texas for for the most part. Only one, the only one run he gave up was an RBI ground out in the fourth. He went 5.2 innings pitched, four hits, one run. It was earned. A walk, six strikeouts, and he was able to pick up his sixth win of the season and lower his ERA to a 3.55. So Montgomery's turned it around. Obviously, following up this start in, against Texas with a solid start last night against Boston. Uh, he, he's probably be our he's probably going to be our third starter, I would say, if we make a postseason series. So good for Monty. We need him to be good. Uh, the Yankees got on the board in the first with a judge double and a Stanton RBI ground out. In the third, Stanton ripped an absolute monster of a home run to left. It was 415 feet, but it got out in, or but it was 118.5 miles an hour. It only spent four seconds in the air. 31st home run on the season. Obviously, he he hit a lot more throughout the week, and his 76 homer of, as a Yankee. I would be terrified to be in the stands to catch that ball because 118 miles per hour. The thing got out in a heartbeat. Um, so just when he when he hits balls like that, it's scary. In the fifth, Rizzo smacked an RBI single the other way to make it 3-1 Yankees, and then in the sixth, Joey Gallo hit his 38th home run of the year. An upper deck shot to right. He leads all MLB outfielders in home runs this year. I know we give him a lot of crap because he strikes out a lot, but he kind of is true to his his uh, scouting report. Home runs are bombs. Hits a lot of them, but does strike out a lot. Judge homered in the seventh, a three-run shot in his 36th of the season. That really made, that made it 6-1, and the game was kind of over at that point. Uh, King and Severino shined in relief. Uh, it was really great to see Severino back out there after uh, you know basically two years off. He hasn't pitched since game two, or he hadn't pitched since game two of the 2019 World Series. So good to see him back. Obviously, he's not going to be a starter, as Boone said, but we will see him out of the bullpen, and he did a great job this week. It's going to be very nice to have him. That's a luxury to have a guy like Luis Severino coming out of the bullpen. And, you know, you often see starters struggle coming out of the bullpen just because it's weird sitting out there all game. They're used to, you know, doing their warm-up routine and starting the game, uh, coming in pretty much cold and not having as much time to warm up. But he seems to be adjusting quite well. In this game on Tuesday, he went two innings pitched, two hits, no runs, no walks, and two strikeouts. Solid win on Tuesday night, 7-1 against Texas. Always nice to keep it uneventful. You, you want the games to be uneventful and stress-free against bad teams like the Rangers, and the Yankees were able to do that on Tuesday. On Wednesday, the Yankees picked up a 7-3 win over Texas. Kluber got the start against his former team. I, I guess former team, he really pitched like a game there. Uh, 
he didn't have his A stuff. He only went 4.1 innings pitched, and the Rangers were able to score three runs against him. Uh, 4.1 innings pitched, three runs, zero walks, four strikeouts. He needs to be better. I, I think there's no arguing that. I believe he's going to start Tuesday in Toronto, so that's a massive start for him. That potent Toronto lineup in a city where the Yankees always struggle. We're going to need him to be a lot better than he was against Texas on Wednesday. Nonetheless, he did leave the Yankees in a position to win the game. And like I say, that's what all you can ask for of a starting pitcher. The Yankees were blanked through four innings of baseball, and things really weren't looking too good. They were getting shut down by the left-handed starting pitcher, pitcher for Texas. Uh, but luckily, Higashioka was able to come through in the fifth with a huge, huge, huge RBI double to center to drive in two runs and make it three to two. Still trailing at that point. But then in the sixth, the Yankees had the bases loaded and one out. And Judge was able to score on a wild pitch to tie the game. But the Yankees still had two strikeouts with uh, the bases loaded and one out. And were only able to score one run. In, in that inning so still pretty disappointing uh you know that's kind of been a problem for the yankees really over the last like three years is scoring with runners and scoring position struggled to do it in the sixth but the game was still tied at 3-3 luckily in the eighth uh glaber torres came in clutch again with a go-ahead run uh go-ahead opposite field double he then scored from second on a ground ball to second that was booted so 5-3 Yankees at that point, and then you know, you're feeling pretty good. Only got to get three more outs. But Gary Sanchez homered to center to uh, make it 7-3 Yankees. That was pretty much game over at that point. Uh, Yankees catchers went 3-4 for four with a single, double, and home run in this game. Gary and Higashioka were able to drive in two runs. So great win for the Yankees. Uh, the bullpen was amazing on Wednesday. Again, another reason they won this game. Peralta, Holmes, Green, and Chapman went a combined 4.2 innings pitched without giving up a single hit or walk. Six strikeouts between them. Uh, just a great win for the Yankees. It was looking rough there up until the sixth inning, down 3 nothing. Great resiliency from the lineup to finally get some, some hits strung together uh, and kind of winning this one pretty comfortably in the end. Uh, great win for, for the Yankees heading into that massive, massive Boston series that I already talked about. So gonna be you know gonna be a very very big week this week i'm nervous uh, we're only a game up of boston like i said like uh earlier two games up on toronto i still think toronto has a chance to sneak in to the wild card they play obviously the yankees who they dominate at home historically um and then they play three against the orioles so the Yankees, you know, still are no way, no way, or not like nowhere near being in the playoffs. I, I still think we probably have to win like five or six, four or six maybe to get in. It'll be interesting to see like how hard Tampa tries on the weekend. Um, Boston plays, they play at Baltimore for three and at Washington. So they have the easiest schedule by far out of the Yankees, Red Sox, and Toronto. And then you also have Seattle, who's somehow still in this race. They play three against Oakland starting tonight, and then three against the Los Angeles Angels, who are already already out of contention. Um, the the A's play, obviously they're out of it. Well, they're not out of it, but they play three against Seattle. Obviously, that's a huge series, and and then three in Houston, who won't really be playing for much at that point, anyways. 
Uh, Tampa Bay is not playing for much. Chicago already won the East or the Central. Houston basically has the West locked up unless they basically lose every game this week. The only other race you can say is somewhat interesting is the National League East with Atlanta two and a half games up of Philly. Both teams are seven and three in their last 10. I, I think, I still think Atlanta should win that division. Uh, let me let me see if they play each other actually. So they, they do. They play a three-game set starting tomorrow. Wow, that's absolutely massive series there in the National League East. I'm excited. I, I like the Braves. They got a, they have an outstanding infield. They probably have the best infield in baseball with all of their infielders hitting 40-plus home runs. Austin Riley, Dansby Swanson, Ozzie Albies, and Freddie Freeman. It doesn't get much better than that. They're kind of a team, a sleeper team to look out for in the National League. They probably don't have the pitching to back up their, their lineup, but I like the Braves. They're a fun team, fun team to watch, and it, it's nice to see them doing so well, even without Acuna ever since he tore his ACL in Miami this year. Uh, National League Central is over. Uh, Milwaukee wrapped that one up. And then San Francisco is two games ahead of the Los Angeles Dodgers in the National League West. Do they play each other this week? No, they do not. San Francisco plays three at home against Arizona and three at home against San Diego. San Diego, probably the most disappointing team in the majors this year. And then the Dodgers play three at home against San Diego and three at home against Milwaukee. That'll be a fun series to watch, Milwaukee versus the Dodgers, especially with the Dodgers still having so much to play for. The Dodgers are probably going to be the best wildcard team ever going 156 as of right now they're 13 games ahead of the cardinals who have won 16 straight i couldn't go this podcast without mentioning and shouting out the cardinals for winning 16 straight they're now 87 and 69 they were hovering around 500 for most of the year they just can't lose lately Um, they play milwaukee three times this week and then three against chicago they're they've got the wild card locked up they're six games ahead of cincinnati so basically seattle or st louis has to lose every game and cincinnati has to win every game this year so it's very unlikely we're probably going to see a dodgers cardinals wild card series in the national league or wild card games excuse me you know tough for for cardinals fans because you know they won 16 straight games to earn themselves a right to play for a playoff spot and they have to play a 100-plus win team in the Dodgers. Probably the best roster in recent memory. But it is one game, and any team can beat any team in baseball. It's unlike any sport where you know the Yankees can lose two of three games against the worst team in the big leagues in Baltimore and then sweep a playoff team in Boston. You know, you're not, the Jets aren't going to win two of three games against the Chiefs or the Rams. The... Detroit Pistons are not going to win a four-game or a five-game series, a seven-game series, whatever it may be, against the the Nets. Stuff like crazy stuff like this can happen in baseball, which is why I love it so much. Anybody can beat anybody on any given day, and yeah, it just makes it so exciting. I I you know last week of the season, I'm hyped, I'm ready for playoff baseball. It was exciting to see or to watch this Red Sox Yankees series this week. It felt like a playoff series. Uh, the atmosphere sure, certainly showed that, and it was fun to see all the Yankee fans in Boston. You know, when Stanton hit that home run, l- loud roar from the crowd. You know, louder than one would expect. Um, so, shout out to the Yankees fans—they travel well. Uh, and you know, I guess 
that's all I really have this week. You know, recapping an exciting, exciting Yankees week and just getting ready for the for the for the last week of the season. I will be back, I guess, Sunday after the game against Tampa to to see what happened. Hopefully, the Yankees are in the playoffs, and hopefully, Boston is not. Um, but we will watch closely, nervously, and just hope. And the Yankees can pull it off and keep playing this great baseball down the stretch. I will be back next week, like I said. Thank you all for tuning in today. A little short one. I really appreciate you all tuning in and listening. And we'll catch you all next week. Peace out.